Welcome to another episode of SDBC Podcast. Today we have very special guests joining us. Um, we have our First Steps preschool team from our church, uh, our First Steps preschool director, Katie Yakichuk. Katie, you can say hello. Good morning, or hello. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss um, Megan. Hello. And we also have Miss Caitlin. Hello. Yeah. Just to let everyone know who's listening, uh, this isn't the entire First Steps team. We, of course, have Miss Lori and Miss Catherine as well. Um, but today we had um, scheduling issues, of course, because it is summer. And starting with that question, I guess, for you guys, it is finally summer. And I know throughout the pandemic that this has been a very long year for many people, but especially people who are in the education field. And obviously you guys are in the early childhood education field, and it was a very rough year for many of you, um, people in your industry. So Katie, as a director, how, how was it going through that? And how do you feel now that it's come to an end? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess reflecting on now that it's ended, there's a collective sigh of relief um, amongst, I think, a lot of us as teachers, as well as the families, a little bit of, okay, we did it. We, we had a school year first and foremost, um, which is something we didn't get to say at the end of last school year. And um, we knew heading into the this particular September after we had uh, closed due to um, the lockdown in March of last year, that this was going to be a year that was extraordinary. And when you use the word extraordinary, sometimes you think of it being um, always a positive. And, and there's, um, this was extraordinary because of just the unknowns that we were going to be presented with. So it was, um, it was one of those years that we knew heading in that it was going to be, um, constantly pivoting and changing amongst the rules that we were given from Fraser Health and from the PHO. So, um, to get to June, it's a big sigh. Yeah, yeah. I bet. And, um, and a great accomplishment. I mean, I gotta say you guys did a fantastic job. Um, not just maintaining first steps, but continuing to thrive within it and changing and pivoting like everyone else. But you guys did a great job. Do you guys, do you almost feel like this year was like a redemption year because last year you guys didn't get to finish the school year the way you wanted to? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, uh, you know, we were, we were heading into June and we were pulling out curriculum that we had prepped last year that we didn't get to do. And even in May and April, um, you know, we plan months in advance the, the themes that we're going to teach the children and, and what our, our learning outcomes are going to be and how we're, especially with the four-year-olds, preparing them for their next transition into kindergarten. And to kind of get to this point of the school year too, too, it was just like, oh, we finally get to teach this. Yes, yes. and I know some so. people think EC is just hanging out with um, a bunch of cute kids, but I mean, there's a lot to it, right? A lot of prep, a lot of yep. organization. I see some of the behind the scenes um, prep that you guys do, and especially our First Steps team, I think, is particularly well organized and well planned out. So I'm glad you got to have that little bit of a redemption yes. year. And Megan, how, how do you feel now that we're here in June and you know, we're, we're done the school year. How are you feeling? I agree with Katie. I think, um, a collective sigh of relief. And I think, um, yeah, we're just happy that we made it through the year successfully. We were able to keep families, uh, calm and safe, um, and teach them through the year. I think same pivoting, all the changes that we went through through the year. But um, for myself as a teacher on staff and as a parent, every day that we were open and we could teach the children and love the children, um, I was just so grateful for that. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Um, brings everything to perspective, I think. This totally. Pandemic. Yeah. Caitlin, this was actually unique for you because you actually jumped into ECE and First Steps during the pandemic, <laughs> you're relatively new to this field, even though you have tons of experience with kids in other areas. Mm -hmm. How was that for you? 
it was honestly so much fun. Um, when I was approached to join the First Steps team this year, it was a no-brainer for me. I was so excited to just be with children because I knew Sunday school is going to look a little different this year. So First Steps uh, gave me an opportunity to still be with those kids and, and see meet some new ones. And um, it was just so incredible, such a good year. And yeah, like uh, Megan and Katie said, every day that we were open and got to be with them was just such a blessing because they're just so full of joy and full of life that, you know, you're just with them and, you know, the outside world kind of fades away and you just get to be with those kids and yeah, challenges that are in there, still there, but yeah. the kids are so fun and they're so good. Yeah. And speaking of challenges, I mean, obviously there's challenges every year, but this year, because of the pandemic, they're unique challenges to us. Um, from your perspective as being teachers, and you can even share as perspective of being um, mothers or, or, you know, being on staff here, but what was, what was the most challenging thing that you guys had to adjust to or learn or push through um, during this pandemic year? Um, well, just from an actual program point of view, uh, First Steps has built its reputation uh, in the community as a open door preschool. Mm -hmm. So right out of the gate, we're removing one of the you know, primary reasons a lot of families choose our school. So um, to have now guidelines in place that are not our, it's not our um, wanting, um, but it's been, you know, given to us by Fraser Health is um, that nobody is allowed to enter the classroom that's not either a child or a staff member. So to have the children be dropped off and picked up in the courtyard by their parents or growing ups is whoever's getting them is, wasn't a big adjustment for not only us as staff, um, but for the families. So trying to navigate that well and with, um, Keeping in mind, you know, the, the mission and the vision of our preschool has um, had its challenges. You know, interestingly enough, if um, you're looking at it from a uh, program point of view, there was benefits to us. You know, we got to kind of get the kids and settled um, quicklier than if we had the families maybe in the classroom. But just allowing the families to still support the, the emotional needs of the child transitioning them into kindergarten or into the classroom, then um, just took a little bit of more, uh, you know, we had to figure that out in our brains. But that's not like you can create something on paper um, that looks great. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, greet them from the courtyard. We're going to walk into the classroom. We're going to wash, settle them, wash their hands, sit in the classroom. That sounds great on paper. Then you're trying to do that for 20 children. <laughs> it's 20 backpacks, 20 pairs of inside shoes, 20 hands that need to be washed. Um, it's, you know, and then you have one cry and they all cry. So, um, you know, what, what, what was simple in my brain turned out to be, you know, 20 minutes in reality. So there, um, you know, as a team, we were constantly trying to be like, okay, now we're buying foam soap. We're going to lather up their hands. And just like those little pivotings that I know seem, you know, minute in detail, but they, they just transferred into so much time for us as a, f as a class. But then watching how over time that one shift in our program where the parents were really sad at the beginning to not being able to be present in the classroom for that morning circle, um, they were able to then connect out in the courtyard together. So relationships were formed out of that, that guideline, which at first you know, created a little bit of stress and anxiety for all of us, but then transferred into relationships in that were formed because that was their only point of connection because COVID had removed so much of their ability to connect um, as families. It, that became their point of connection. So I know it's a small little, you know, change in our program, but it 
it was frustrating at the beginning and then it turned into be a massive blessing. And I know even yourself, like, yeah. you know, being in the courtyard, watching the kids run around after school and connecting yeah. with families. So, yeah, I mean, for those of you uh, who are listening who don't have the context, um, so I obviously work here at the church as well, but I also send um, our son Nathan to the preschool. Now he graduated uh, just last week, but um, last year we sent him through to the three-year-old class. So we experienced what a normal first steps school would be. So like what Katie said, um, we were welcomed into the classroom and experienced and shared a lot of beautiful moments with our child. Um, and then we also experienced the pandemic mode um, first steps um, just this year. And um, yeah, lots of challenges as parents too, but I thought you guys did a fantastic job um, and we felt safe and first and foremost, right? Cause that was important to us. And we also felt like we were still loved. And um, I know, like you said, Katie, the pandemic has caused a lot of people to be inefficient things that we could have done in like one minute. Now it becomes a 20 minute thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm happy that you guys adjusted because you respected the idea that we need to keep everyone safe and we need to do our part. So I thought that was awesome to see just as a parent, even. Um, Megan, just for our listeners, Megan's also, this isn't her first stint at First Steps. She's also done lots of um, EC teaching, but also um, you've administered. You've actually ran, um, you've run um, uh, EC centers and stuff in the past in many places. Mm -hmm. So f you have quite a few different experiences in the EC field. What was particularly challenging for you this year because of the pandemic? I think um, I am a planner and so I like to have things laid out and know what's going to happen. So for me personally was learning how to pivot when we have our, you know, five minutes before we open the door with the kids and we're debriefing about the day and Katie's coming in with new guidelines that were released the night before. Um, and just, okay, this is what we're doing and jump on it. And there's no time to waste. This is what we're going to do today. Um, so being able to release that and just trust that God's got us in his hand and he's going to lead us through the day um, and being able to pivot as a team. Um, but also the children did amazing. <laughs> like yeah. you said, leaving their parents outside and coming in. And I was brand new to the team this year here. So then uh, quickly forming those relationships and the trust with the families, uh, to leave their children with me walking down the hallway, um, was amazing that I was able to do that. Uh, so I think, yeah, just the pivot, constant yeah. pivot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. One, one thing I've learned this year as a parent is that children are more resilient than we give them credit totally, for. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I can't, yeah. I'm so proud of all the children, not just my own. Um, exactly. And you yeah. taught, you had this unique experience of you taught uh, your own daughter as being a That's teacher right. and a parent at the same time. <laughs> That's and right. Very Hannah, unique. Hannah needs yeah. to get paid, by the way. He, <laughs> she basically She'd worked like here to be, too. Yeah, she thinks she's a teacher for sure. Yeah. Yes, I look forward to next year being able to teach without having any <laughs> of my children. I've had my own kids around me for years and years and years. So yes, yeah, it will be nice to be able to drop them off at the same location and come to work <laughs> and pour into other children. Awesome. Another sigh of relief. I'm exactly. glad. Yeah. <laughs> and Caitlin, how about you coming into this pandemic year, um, having to adjust and fit into a team adjusting as well? Um, what was the biggest challenge for you this year? I don't know if the biggest challenge for me was necessarily related to the pandemic. I think just because it was my first year in an ECE setting, like I've got years of experience babysitting as well as just in ministry here in general, but it's so different and you have to have a different mindset, which is something that I learned from the First Steps team. Like they were just so welcoming and you know, brought me under their wing to guide me in, you know, that mindset shift and how to 
in track in different situations. So I think the most challenging thing for me was just learning to make that shift of, okay, you're not just there to, you know, watch the kids. You're not just there to play with them. Like you're there to guide them and to help, you know, develop them as, you know, young people, young children and teach them, you know, how to go about life. Not just, you know, you're you're not just there to play, you're there to guide them. And I think that was challenging, but also so rewarding. Yeah. Absolutely. And Nathan had to adjust from Miss um, <laughs> Caitlin to Miss Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I thought watching you continue to grow and learn from um, a little bit more of the seasoned teachers, not just Katie mm-hmm. and Megan, but Miss Lori has extensive yeah, experience as definitely. well. So you were surrounded by great teammates, great mentors and stuff like that. So mm-hmm, one of the reasons absolutely. why we wanted you there, the, the reason why we kind of parachuted you into <laughs> first test was because obviously we thought first steps would benefit from you being there, especially in a tough year like mm-hmm. this, where more more teachers and a better ratio of teacher. And I mean, come on, let's face it. This is unheard of ratios that we had from teacher <laughs> yeah. to student. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic. And I think parents enjoyed that quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, one of the big goals for us was that Caitlin would grow through this experience, that yeah. she'd be exposed to some excellent teaching of children, but also uh, managing classrooms, behaviors, um, managing parents, because let's face it, we need to be managed as well. So, so I thought Caitlin had a great opportunity, but that was theoretically. But when we actually saw it play out throughout this year, um, mm-hmm. we couldn't be happier as a part of the staff here. We were so pleased with how how much Caitlin grew um, and how much experience she got in the past year. So that was fantastic, Katie. Maybe you can answer this question on behalf of the team. But um, how are you still able to love like Jesus? Because that is our goal, not just at First Test, but as our church. Um, during this pandemic year, in the context of first steps, how are you still able to love these kids and these families as Jesus loves us? When we start, I personally started this year. I need, I needed to be calm. Um, I felt that um, that was going to be that ha- that peace, that peace that only comes through through knowing Christ, was going to be the way that I had to lead this year. Um, and when you uh, create upheaval in this particular, well, in any season of life, but really what this season of life um, and uh, anxiety is just so contagious and worry is so contagious with, with little children and uncertainty. Um, I knew that it was going to have to be calm and peace that I was going to have to um, lead with in order to love like Jesus um, and just being constantly calm. <laughs> Didn't matter what was going to be thrown my way, when or how, if, you know, I knew I was getting, like Megan said, new guidelines um, in the evening and I was going to have to, you know, uh, basically give them debrief in five minutes and we would have to pivot or something would just have to shift. My my demeanor always had to be peaceful and calm. Um, that was how I was going to, to try to love well. And I feel like I have done a good job at that mm-hmm. and just remaining, um, just not worried. I knew we were going to be protected the whole year. Um, but I also wasn't ignorant that we were above it. I, I knew we weren't above COVID because of our faith either. I knew that this was going to be an opportunity for us to be tested and to show that my um, my faith is what leads me. So if people wondered why, you know, I could do what I did, I had a reason 
to tell them, well, it's because I lead by faith. And this um, not only is because of how I um, live my life and, and my faith, but it's also because of the church. Um, I knew um, without a doubt that the church was always behind us and mm-hmm. it didn't matter what we were presented with, um, that I had your support. I had the, the church's support. I knew um, I had good mentors around me that I could bounce things off of and um, that was one of the ways I could lead lead well. Yeah. Um, and the church and has been. <laughs> yes, she yeah, did. Absolutely. She did. And as a church, um, as a fellow colleague from, you know, our staff perspective, but also as a parent of a child who went through uh, this pandemic year during First Steps um, season, I would say that you guys did definitely um, exemplify loving like Jesus, um, not just to children, but also especially this year to the parents, mm-hmm. um, because we needed guidance and we needed to know what was happening because we didn't. Um, and it was different because, you know, and you know, a lot of these families have older kids in the school system mm-hmm. too, right? So we get lots of different information, lots of different things that we have to adjust to. So I thought um, from first, spe- uh, first Steps, we always got this sense of calmness and, and um, faith and trust in God. And surely God has protected and provided whatever mm-hmm. we needed. And it wasn't like it was just an easy thing. We, we did go through a lot of um, difficult seasons throughout the pandemic, right? We've had to do a functional closure near the end mm-hmm. of the school year, which you guys navigated fantastically. And I thought it, was, it wasn't easy when Fraser Health stepped in and did all these inspections to make sure we're compliant to all of the protocols, not just normally, because yeah. normally you get that every year. We do. But this year you get the pandemic um, protocols, mm-hmm. which is a lot of additions on top of things. Mm-hmm. And I thought you guys did a great job. We we passed with flying colors, of course. So I'm proud of the team for that. So, I mean, the pandemic has really caused us to really pause and think and maybe reflect um, more than usual. So I just wanted to ask the team here, um, what, what have we learned? What have you guys learned, either as a teacher or just as a person or as a parent? Um, what have you learned through this pandemic year? Um. I think for me, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but in an ECE setting, at least, this is my first year there. And so I learned so much just by observing how Megan and Katie and Lori, because um, I was with the four-year-old class, so those were the, the teachers that I would w- was with. But just seeing how they interacted with the kids and then, you know, going up and like, oh, hey, why why did you do that that way? Or them coming to me and be like, oh, you saw this interaction. Here's how I did it and why. Um that was like just one of the huge things that I learned within an ECE context. And then just personally, um, we're kind of talking about it, but the, the importance of intentionality in relationships and um, maintaining those social connections in a time where it's very difficult to do so. <laughs> yeah, can't take anything for granted anymore, right? No, not, not at all. Yeah. How about you, Katie? Um, as a parent, uh, I've learned that you're, um, you just can't, you, I couldn't, personally parent with fear this year. Um, I have, we have, David and I have three children. Um, Luke just finished grade eight and he graduated grade seven at the beginning of the lockdown and then he entered high school. So that was a new sort of realm for us as parents, as well as him as a student and and young guy. So, you know, that has its own anxieties, uh, sending your kid off to high school and then it being an unknown system of like the term quarter system that they were presented with. So how is that going to work for him? And just maintaining calm through that when we didn't really know what was going on. And then having then two more kids still at elementary school and 
still not knowing how that was going to work out. Um, we chose to send them back to school in June because we needed them to have an understanding of what this new normal was going to be in elementary school. So um, they were ready in September. So when I had to you know, go back to work, um, they had a little bit more of an understanding of what it was going to look like. So just constantly preparing them, but doing it in a manner that wasn't um, fearful. And that really showed its um, benefits when Adam was uh, given a close contact letter. Um, so he's in grade six and he was he was required to self-isolate for yeah. two weeks in our trailer on the driveway <laughs> <laughs> away from the family. So that with a PlayStation, was, with a, he, we did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jay here at church hooked him up with some uh, long HDMI cable. So we were able to wire up the trailer quite nicely for him. But even in that itself, like, you know, he's 12 years old. He's a little guy. And and, um, and he's very social. So now he is away from his family, away from his friends. And um, But that whole undercurrent of the year that this year had been based upon um, having no fear. And one thing we've um, really tried to, to teach the, our kids and even myself, I say it to myself, but also within the preschool context is, you know, to be COVID um COVID concerned, but, um, and to be COVID conscious, like be a conscious of these things, but don't be COVID consumed. And it is something that is here and we have to really understand it, but we're not to be consumed about it. So not letting it dictate every part of our life. And that really showed its fruits when Adam was sort of given that letter and our family sort of had to navigate that. How do we love the family um, that actually has COVID? You know, we're, we're the easy part, you know, we're just, he's just self-isolating. Um, he's not unwell, um, but the family was. So how do we love them and not being all about ourselves? So showing not only our school community, um, and our, you know, the people who are around that this is the way we love, but then also transferring that to the preschool, um, you know, being transparent and open with them that this is the letter Adams received. This is what we're doing as a family. Um, there's, you know, no risk, but really just being transparent to them that this is what's going on in my life. And, um, you're still safe, but again, another way to show, show that love. So really kind of, I guess something that we learned is just as a family is, um, is to, to not be afraid. Um, you know, we, we can still go out and we just have to, you know, wash our hands a little bit more and, you know, use that cough pocket <laughs> that we teach the kids all the time. And why do we got to wash our hands? Well, because, you know, you're constantly touching your face and yeah. you shouldn't be doing those things all the time, but being, um, not afraid. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so easy to get caught up in fear, not just by the pandemic, but so many things, right? Mm -hmm. There's economic downturns. Um, you know, there's cycles of this, there's emotional, um, challenges. There are tragedies sadly that happen to us personally and globally. And this case was a global tragedy and it's a crisis. But at the same time, I think as a pastor, what I've learned a lot is, you know, me being a dad and a husband, um, a friend and a pastor at a church, you know, if I'm captivated by fear, um, I can't support and love and be in relationship with these people and actually enjoy what God has given us in this time of crisis. We still have the relationships that we can still lean into and love, um, even at a distance if needed, right? Um, so yeah, I think faith, this is why I love being a pastor and serving our church in this way, reminding our, our church family that um, there's something that we can see beyond 
uh, what we're experiencing right now. There's hope. There's reason to be faithful. There's reason to um, rejoice even in this time. And I think uh, battling fear intentionally was something that hopefully many of us learned through the season. Mm -hmm. um, just for for those of us listening here, I was just wondering if you if you look at back if you look back at this last year, do you think there are any practices or any new habits that you guys built as a first steps team that you'll carry on in the in the new year, like in, in the new school year? Oh yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we are, I mean, I always laugh that, uh, uh, God gave me this passion because I naturally am quite germaphobic to begin with. <laughs> so, so yeah, God thought it was funny to put me in a German infested preschool. So I, I work with that all the time, but the, the cleaning practices were pretty strict at, at first steps. So, you know, when the new guidelines came in yeah. that were like, perfect, let's just keep that rolling. <laughs> um, even the the washing the hands in the morning too. I'm like, why weren't we doing this before? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely will not be relaxing on those cleaning processes. Mm -hmm. We might, you know, take it down a little on the, the potency of the <laughs> <laughs> cleaning solutions that we were told to use. But yeah, um, yeah definitely that would will 100% stay in place. I also hope that the families recognize that sending a child unwell to school is yeah. um, maybe not always advantageous. <laughs> <laughs> I think as a collective, because it's a part of society now, like yeah. You, yeah. whether it's workplace, like whether yeah. it's us as teachers or families who are sending their children anywhere, like yeah. it could be an even a, uh, their extracurricular activities, like they're not well, yeah. keep them home They're yeah. You know, that fear of missing out is so strong. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. Cause in, um, in the nineties, especially when I grew up, we had this, like, we idolized people who worked through Mm -hmm. flus and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you, I, I'm obviously, <laughs> I know I'm a basketball fan. What is that? So, um, there's a famous game that Michael Jordan played in the nineties is called the flu game. Cause literally he had the yeah. flu and went and dropped like, I don't know, 40 points or whatever and won the game and he couldn't stand anymore. So he's like leaning onto his teammate and like walking off, like we're being dragged off the court and everyone thought, wow, we should applaud that. That's the way to go. And I think as a society, um, now we're learning that maybe flu stay home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> please do. <laughs> um, I think also the courtyard drop off mm. might stay. I've sort of we're just going forward right now that all of what I, all of the health and safety guidelines that we had in place, we're just going to keep them going. So that way um, there's we don't really know what's going to change, if anything. But um, yeah, I think there's some advantages. Yeah, you have the whole summer to kind of iron that out and think that through and see how that all, all goes. But speaking of summer, um, summer is here and you guys do get some well-deserved time off. I know that you guys got many other commitments and it may not be completely <laughs> time off, but it's a beautiful, you know, it's it's a heat wave right now, but it will be a beautiful summer in, in this area. Do you guys have any plans, um, any plans to, you know, get some, enjoy some well-deserved time off? Yeah, my family spends a decent amount of time at um, our family's cabin out in House Sound. So we'll Ooh, do a nice. couple trips there as well. Uh, we normally go back to Saskatchewan to see my husband's family and mm. our friends back there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to some time unscheduled. Yeah. But uh, I also love where we live. We're right near the beach. So lots of beach days and pool days with friends. Yeah. It's the yeah. best time of year. So we, we'll, we'll see you guys around town then. Exactly. And please <laughs> say hi if you do. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this summer is going to be fun. Maybe hopefully do some camping with my family. Um, 
depending on restrictions and everything. We want to try and get out to see our family in Winnipeg, but who knows if that'll happen. But yeah, just spending time outside in the sun. Like Megan said, we live in such an incredibly beautiful um, place on earth. So going and doing some hikes in the local area, going swimming at the beach, just doing some some fun. Local tourism is definitely going to be a big thing this summer. Yeah, that's good. We also do some camping as a family, uh, some mountain biking to Whistler and that kind of stuff. I also plan on just sitting in my backyard, hitting social media hard, not yes. uh, really doing too much. <laughs> I don't know, the cereal for dinner. <laughs> I, uh, I just love the opportunities to sort of, like Megan said, unplug. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really no unplugging when you have three children, um, but uh, just being intentional with the time we have. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, I'm I'm pretty good friends with you guys too. Like our kids hang out, and we're, but as a like putting the employer hat on, I've realized um, all of our team, we've all worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been like. You know, we've emailed and texted on Saturdays, updating each other on what's going on, anything mm-hmm. urgent that's changing. Yeah. And we've had to do so many things. Megan, you've had to take our kids. I've had to take your kids. And <laughs> yeah. so many adjustments on the fly. I think we need to intentionally rest and really recharge for the new school year. And I hope um, and I pray that you guys will get excellent time of rest, not mm-hmm. just physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I hope you guys have a really sweet retreat with your families and friends. And that summer, even though, yes, you'll still be working as a parent or, you know, literally working still, Caitlin, for you. um, I I hope you'll find times of spiritual retreat as well, where Mm -hmm. God just richly blesses you and spends um, intimate time with you and that you will be recharged and replenished. Um, How can the church pray for First Steps team um, over the summer and as we prepare for a new school year? Uh, Prayer for the continued health of our teachers um, is is great, especially heading into September. And then also our enrollment, um, our, we're full for our, our four-year-old class with a wait list, which is lovely. It's a nice, safe place to be. Our three-year-old class, we have some room to grow. So we would love to see that grow. So, and just, um, making sure that, uh, the families that we have are the families that we have, like they're the, that's, uh, important to me is knowing that the ones that we have are the ones that are, you know, God has wanted us to teach and lead. So, um, the, the other one is just also, I know, um, uh, Lori and Megan or Lori and Catherine too, like Catherine has her little baby. So just for trying finding childcare for coverage for September and, and Lori just to have some real, real good rest and recovery yes. over the summer as well. Yeah. So. so people, um, if you're a part of our church, please remember to pray for our first steps team. This is a huge part of our ministry. This is an awesome and real tangible way for our church to love like Jesus. And the team has done well, and I trust they'll continue to do well in the new school year as well. Pray for rest for these guys, our team, pray for continued health and uh, protection for them. Um, But like Katie said, uh, pray for enrollment and really plug the school. Don't be ashamed about sharing (laughs) about First Steps Preschool. If you have a three-year-old or four-year-old like kind of family in that life stage, plug our school because as a parent, uh, I'm like, I'm really trying to be unbiased here. As a parent, this was probably the best preschool experience I could have asked for. Even I was, I keep telling Sarah, even if we weren't um, going to this church or if we had nothing tied to this church, we would 100% want to send our kids here again. And we know Christiane's growing up, so we're going to be sending Christiane in a couple (laughs) of years here. Um, But absolutely, church family, if you know other families, um, don't hesitate to recommend First Steps because you will not regret um, suggesting other families to check it out. It is an excellent, safe, fun, and loving place where everyone is valued 
as a person who's created in the image of God. Everyone is loved just as Jesus will love us. And it is such a wonderful environment to be a part of. And it's a beautiful community here that we build as parents too. So please take advantage of that and share this awesome school with your friends. And um, don't forget to pray for them this summer. Thanks guys for joining us today. Uh, I, I trust the listeners would have had a great time hearing a little bit of the behind the scenes about First Steps Preschool. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.